gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence! A happy Thanksgiving to you and yours, Mark Lawrence, with Victor King, and we're all set once again to go against the spread this week on the college and pro football cards, and quite a week it is. Thanksgiving week, time to give thanks to our family, friends, and everything good in our lives. We'll be doing that this Thursday. Hopefully the football games will be good for us starting Thursday on out as well. Victor, a happy Thanksgiving to you and yours as well. Let's hope we have a good week as well. Absolutely, Mark. Thank you very, very much. And uh, I think a lot of Mark Lawrence customers are thankful that you hit your 10-star game of the year in college football this last Saturday. It indeed was on Michigan State. Didn't even need the points as they got the outright win against, uh, of course, the uh, Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, Great job uh, with that particular game. Our service plays have done pretty well. Also, we had our five-star over of the month in college football on Saturday from our King Creole service, and that was Mississippi State and Arkansas over the total. It did turn into the shootout that we anticipated, the final score, 51-50. to That game ended up winning by about 40 points. Uh, Speedy's underdog plays have done very, very well. He's gone a perfect 4-0 in the NFL in the month of November. Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week was the uh, underdog, and uh, you want to talk about uh, great underdog plays, didn't even need the points as they beat up the Philadelphia Eagles. So the service plays have done pretty well here in the month of November. But with that said, and in all fairness, we got to point out that the newsletters are struggling a little bit, the Playbook newsletter and the totals tip sheet as well. The month of November has not been the best month for those newsletters. And, of course, we want to let our subscribers know we're efforting. We want to bring up the last quarter of the season on a winning note, and I'm talking the month of December. So definitely uh, hang in there, folks. The good news is that we had good enough Septembers and Octobers in both newsletters, the playbook and the total tip sheet, uh, that we're still up for the year. It's still been a profitable year overall. But the last few weeks have been a little bit difficult, and we'll turn it around here in the month of December uh, as far as the newsletters go. Well, Victor, it was a little bit rocky for the newsletters, has been, but uh, you know we're focusing on this time of the year. It's always a great time of the year when we get down into Thanksgiving week and the college football bowl games right around the corner. We've got 40 bowl games on tap this year, absolutely unbelievable, and we've also got our college football playoffs all new to us last year. We were really, really well into those. And the college football rankings have come out once again this week. And uh, maybe a little bit of a surprise, the Big Ten has four of the teams inside the top ten of the college football rankings here. So they're making a surge right now. Victor, your thoughts on this week's college football rankings, what teams were fared well and which ones really perhaps were a little bit of a surprise? You know, the Big 12 can finally celebrate a little bit. Oklahoma uh, rose four spots to take over the number three spot in the poll, taking that over from Ohio State, who, of course, dropped five spots with that home loss to Michigan State. So Oklahoma joins the four-team party 
Currently, in Iowa, the lone representative in the top four moved up a spot to number four. Uh, Michigan State moved up four spots after that win over Ohio State. You do mention four teams in the Big Ten. I don't see it. I think we're just jockeying until we finally get to a Big Ten representative in the Final Four uh, of the playoffs, dropping out of the pool this week based on losses. Uh, Houston, Memphis, USC, Wisconsin, LSU dropped out of the poll as well. A couple of guys who are in the poll for the first time would be uh, the Washington State. Uh, very, very good season there at 8-3 and three overall. Mississippi State is back in the mix after their win over Arkansas. UCLA is back in the mix, as is Toledo and Temple. The debate, if you will, is probably between Oklahoma and Notre Dame. Uh, for that fourth spot, I think the debate should probably go the Sooners' way. Uh, of course, the Irish still have that game against Stanford. That's going to uh, play a big part in the top four as well. I do think the committee is uh, undervaluing Michigan State a little bit. I know they're number five. They're poised to jump into the top four. But uh, they may have the best actual profile of any team in the country. A road win against Ohio State, a road win against Michigan, a week two victory against Oregon that means a lot more with every subsequent Oregon win, a rapidly improving team. So I don't think anybody can match Michigan State's resume. And, of course, it'll probably come down to the you know Big Ten championship game to see who gets into the final four. It'll be really interesting to see how it all evolves this weekend. As you mentioned, Victor, Notre Dame sort of doesn't have a control of their own destiny here. The only game they have remaining on their schedules, the visit to Stanford this week, and uh, it's been speculated they're going to need a win, maybe something similar to what Ohio State did to Wisconsin last year in the yep. Big Ten championship game, something that's going to be overwhelming to at least move them up in the rankings here. The only way they can move up is uh, in a big performance by Michigan State and losses by Iowa or Michigan State, perhaps Oklahoma as well, because Oklahoma's got a tough game on tap this week when they take on Oklahoma State. So the Damers going to have to have a little bit of luck of the Irish, if you will, to make it into the final four. But all in all, it's going to be a heck of a weekend here. It's rivalry week in college football, and this rivalry week ties directly into these college football rankings. So we're going to see exactly where things stand after this weekend. We'll have a better feel for who will be playing in the college football playoffs coming up in the late month of December. Talking about college football, Victor, there's also some conjecture in the world of college football about some massive head coaching changes that are either in talks being underway and will also be implemented in the off season. You've got teams like uh, you're talking that are going to be making big changes here. Uh, Miami of Florida, Virginia Tech, South Carolina, uh, Missouri, Perhaps Syracuse, Illinois, go on and on and on with this list here. And, uh, you know, the biggest new addition is Les Miles from LSU, who is rumored to be underway having talks to buy himself out of the contract there at LSU. Victor, your take on what it means to these college football teams coming down the stretch, the final games of the season with these talks underway now for possible head coaching changes for next year. You know, this offseason could be the most major coaching carousel that we've potentially ever seen over the weekend. The most recent coach, uh, Paul Rhodes, fired at Iowa State as well. You mentioned the big, big programs. And uh, just look at the SEC conference. The first four names, the, the, the coaches with the most longevity 
Gary Pinkle, Missouri, and Mark Rick, Georgia, 15 seasons each. Les Miles and Steve Spurrier, 11 seasons each. Two of those coaches are already gone because of either health reasons or early retirement. Spurrier and Pinkle are out. Rick and Les Miles, you just mentioned, on the hot seat as well. So there could very well be the four teams with the most tenure in the SEC out of a job in the offseason making the dean of the conference, Nick Saban, who's in his ninth season at Alabama, and even the guy right after him, Dan Mullen. There's rumors that uh, Mullen might not stick around in Mississippi State as well. Uh, down here in South Florida, you mentioned uh, that uh, the Hurricanes, another program, uh, the front runners, I would probably have to say, are probably Butch Davis, the old uh, Miami of Florida coach from back in the early 2000s, and Alabama assistant, and Miami alumni Mario Cristobal as well. It could make for a very, very interesting off-season coaching carousel. It sure can, uh, not to mention even the word of Charlie Strong, Texas head coach, yep. perhaps rumored to be in the talks for the Miami of Florida job. And then there's Chip Kelly, if you will, the head coach at Philadelphia, who is not meeting well with the fans in Philadelphia. They're in an uproar over their lack of success this season, and the talk continues to bandy about that Kelly will return to the college football sidelines in the offseason, and if he does, I'm sure his name will be right at the top of the list as far as coaches uh, of programs that are wanting coaches. I think he would be a number one or number two pick if the schools had draft choices for college football head coaches. So that will also iron itself out along the way between now and the end of the college football season. Over on the NFL side of things, Victor, two weeks ago when we did the show, we talked about the big success, the huge success of underdogs and how famously well they did uh, two weeks ago, winning, I think, 11-2 and two to the spread, I believe it was, and 10-3 and three straight up. How did they shake out this week, Victor? We speculated that it would go back to the norm and I'm going to guess it probably pretty much did last week. It did. That uh, two weeks ago was a unreal week for underdogs, 11-2-1 overall. And, yeah, they did came, come back down to earth a little bit, uh, split right down the middle. In fact, uh, underdogs went 6-6-2 six, six, last week. On the season, it's been a dog year, 56% uh, for underdogs across the board. That's 82-65-7 uh, ATS for underdogs. Best situations, 39 and 22. That's 64% for underdogs taking on any opponent off a loss. And there's about five or six of those teams going this week. And within that, the best subset, 22, 9, and 1 for non division dogs of a field goal or more. So the only team this week that fits into that 22, 9, 71% subset is actually the St. Louis Rams plus the touchdown or more against the Cincinnati Bengals, which to me kind of makes sense a little bit too. You get a better uh, defense, uh, getting more than a touchdown. Cincinnati playing on a uh, relatively short week uh, after playing on Sunday night. So uh, it's been a good year for the dogs in terms of over-unders. It was the second uh, under week in the NFL for the second consecutive week significantly more unders than overs. Five overs last week, nine unders. That's 64% of all games. In the last two weeks, the results in the NFL have been nine overs, 17 unders, and two ties. So right at this point of the season, there's been 76 overs. There's been 81 unders. There's been three ties. Uh, once again, the Thursday night games uh, ended up going under the total. Titans versus Jaguars. That makes it six straight Thursday unders in a row. 
And, of course, uh, we got to talk about the Monday night games. Uh, another under with the Patriots-Bills going under the total. Uh, after 11 weeks in the NFL now, there's only been two Monday night games that have gone over the total. Two overs, ten unders on Monday night football. So these primetime unders are very, very good news for the sharp over-under players and or the books as well, given the tendency for you know a lot of the squares or Joe public to bet the primetime games over the total. And uh, once again, the best over situation for the season, and it's gone 22 and 10 over under 69% overs. And these are the AFC conference non-division games. The only one of those last week was the Jets and Texans. That game ended up going over by a half a point. That's been the best over pattern of the season, 22 and 10 over under an AFC conference non-division games so what's going to happen this week is it going to follow the pattern of the last two weeks with a lot of unders we'll see on turkey day with three big turkey games. day <laughs> that's right an overview of what's happened thus far this football season what happened last week as things got back to the norm in the national football league and before we go to break victor i also want to throw out this fact that uh, it's been a big year in quantity at least for backup quarterbacks in the National Football League. In my weekly column in the USA Today Sports Weekly, I delved into that subject matter and broke down backup quarterbacks and how they're doing thus far in starts for their teams in the NFL. Not good would be the bottom line to the answer to that. 11 and 23 straight up and 11-22 and 1 to the spread are starting backup quarterbacks thus far this football season. And uh, most importantly of all, of the 13 teams that have started a backup quarterback this year, only two of them have a winning record right now as we speak heading into this portion of the football season here, that being the Denver Broncos and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So when it comes to backup quarterbacks and you're making out your list of teams to look at and look to play, you want to make sure maybe going down the stretch drive of the season that you've got at least a full-time regular starter at quarterback and don't put your cards in the basket of a team starting backup quarterbacks because these teams are backups for a reason. They're not NFL quality starting type quarterbacks. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. Don't you go away when Victor and I come back. We're going to tear down our college football game of the week. We're going to go to the Iron Bowl in the Southeast Conference for the huge Alabama-Auburn showdown. That and a whole lot more to come on this Thanksgiving edition here on Mark Lawrence against the spread. sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. This is why Mark Lawrence only endorses mybookie.ag. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need Guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as an Apple and G as in games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. Attention all serious football fans. If you follow the best football newsletters in the nation, now you can get them all at the all-new Playbook Newsletter Superstore. One visit allows you to download the best publications in the nation, including The Gold Sheet, Victor King's NFL Totals Tip Sheet, PointWise, Sports Reporter, The Playbook, Power Sweep, The Logical Approach, The Green Sheet, and The Gridiron Gold Sheet. 
Check it out now at PlaybookSuperstore.com or download your weekly newsletters on the all-new Playbook Cube. That's every major football newsletter on the market today. Now available at PlaybookSuperstore.com. Happy Thanksgiving once again to you and yours, Mark Lawrence, along with Victor King as we go against the spread on this Turkey Day weekend. Chock full of college and pro football games on tap. And with it, it's time for our college football game of the week. We're going, like I said, inside the Southeast Conference for the annual Iron Bowl matchup when Auburn plays host to Alabama. Victor, your take on this big showdown game between these two huge rivals. 3.30 Eastern time on Saturday. Alabama hovering as a... Looks like about a two-touchdown road favor. They opened 12-and-a-half. They're up to 14-and-a-half as we record the podcast here on Wednesday morning. Over-underline has stayed pretty solid at 48-and-a-half. That was the opening line when it came out, oh, late Monday night. And again, as we're recording here on Wednesday, it's still on top of that number of 48-and-a-half. Both teams uh, trending under on the season. Alabama's 4-and-7 over-under. On the year, uh, two and two on the road, 50.2 points per game when Alabama takes to the road this season. Auburn comes in at three, six, and two over under. That's three overs, six unders. 67% of their games have gone under the total. And in fact, in their six home games this season, uh, there's been one over, four unders, and one tie. So Auburn skewing under at home, 49.7 points per game. And in fact, dating back to last year, their last eight home games have gone one seven and one uh, over under. We're talking about a pretty high scoring series in terms of the actual series history, and the last four meetings have all gone over the total. Last year, we're talking about a pretty big time shootout. 55 to 44 was the score. Both teams combined for almost 1,200 yards of offense, 99 total points. Nick Marshall went crazy for Auburn in that game, throwing for 456 yards and still losing by 11 points. Uh, the, ninth, the 2013 game was 34 to 28. In 2012, it was 49 to 0. And in 2011, 42 to 14. So in the last four meetings, the average line has been 49 and a half, and that's right around the same line as this year's game. Average score is 66.5. So the average game has gone over the total in the last four seasons by 17 points per game. And that's the way I'm going to lean in the game as well, Mark, with a few more points than people anticipated. You know, Auburn allowed 479 total yards last week against an Idaho team, 356 of those via the air. And this is not a typical Auburn defense. They're ranked number 83 in the nation, allowing 417 yards per game. So I do think we got the shot of seeing one or two of these uh, freak kind of scores, these kind of scores that are notorious in this series. Uh, missed field goal returns for a touchdown or defensive scores. And don't forget, Alabama has scored eight of these non-offensive touchdowns this season already. So... They're basically averaging one per game. Chances are very good we'll see one or two of these. And at this point, I think we see something similar to a type of shootout that we've seen in each of the last four years with Auburn kind of 
forcing the tempo, increasing the tempo, quickening the tempo. They've already secured a ball spot. They've really got nothing to lose. So this becomes one of those uh, everything in the kitchen sink kind of games when it comes to play calling. And we're going to lean over and play a few dollars with Alabama and Auburn kicking off at the Iron Bowl at 3.30 Eastern. Victor Keene leans over the total in the big Alabama-Auburn showdown game this Saturday, and big game it is. And in fact, just because we're from Ohio, we happen to feel that the biggest rivalry of all in college football is the Ohio State-Michigan game. But if you're from down south, they swear and insist it's this game, Alabama and Auburn, in the annual Iron Bowl. The tie comes into this football contest. Currently, the number two-ranked team in the current college football poll rankings heading into this weekend. They've won 18 of the last 20 Southeast Conference games on the road in straight-up fashion. One of those two losses was when they were here the last time in 2013 in the famous kick-six football game, which saw Auburn stun Alabama on the final play of the game with that missed kicked field goal that was returned for the touchdown. The tie comes in here just 1-6 and six to the spread. Their last seven games when they've gone out as road favorites of eight or more points. To their credit, they do bring the number two ranked defense in all of college football into this contest. Number two largely because they've held nine of their opponents to either season low or second low yardage marks this year. On the flip side, the Auburn Tigers come in a deeply disappointed football team. A lot more was expected from the Tigers this year. In fact, many people expected them to challenge Alabama for the SEC West Championship, but they've deeply disappointed their backers thus far this season. Gus Malzahn, their head coach, has been outstanding in revenge games as a head coach, where he's 8-3 straight up into the spread in 11 games, including a perfect 5-0 to the spread when taking two or more points in revenge situations. The home team in the series has taken down the money each of the last three years in a row while Auburn has also fared really rather well in last home game situations, going 5-1 and one to the spread. The bottom line to me in this football game is value. When I say value, all you need to do is to go back and look at what the Golden Nugget in Las Vegas established this line to be before the college football season began. They put out their Games of the Year lines before the 2015 season began, and Alabama was made a two-point favorite in the contest. Now they're going off as two touchdown favorites in the game, and there's nothing more that incentivizes a rival when they're having a bad season to ruin their rival's good season. They could derail Alabama from the playoffs. Look for a huge effort from the Tigers in this game. I'll play Auburn, plus the points for my side in the Iron Bowl showdown on Saturday. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show on this Thanksgiving weekend edition. Don't you go away. When we come back, Victor and I, we're going to tear down the National Football League game of the week. We've got a great interconference matchup between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Seattle Seahawks. We'll tear that game apart, head out to Las Vegas, and check with Andy Isco for the Vegas Vibe when we come back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. There is only one football newsletter on the market today, documented number one win percentage, and it's the Playbook Football Newsletter. Playbook has the top win percentage of all football newsletters in the nation, according to the Phil Steele Power Sweep Newsletter Contest. Only Playbook has best bets, wise guys contest picks, awesome angles, and incredible stats, plus complete analysis write-up on every college and NFL game. 
along with Victor King's NFL over-under trends and Mark Lawrence's weekly Bet You Didn't Know column, as seen in the USA Today Sports Weekly. Get your weekly Playbook football newsletter online at playbook.com and get every edge imaginable this football season. That's the weekly Playbook football newsletter, available now at playbook.com. Hey, sports fans, football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at mybookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. Welcome back, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we go against the spread on this holiday edition of the College of Pro Football Cards. It's time for our National Football League Game of the Week, a beauty on tap between two Super Bowl hopefuls when the Pittsburgh Steelers take on the Seattle Seahawks. Victor, your take on the showdown game Sunday between Pittsburgh and Seattle. In the game, Seattle opened as a four-and-a-half-point favorite. There's been some action on the uh, underdog off their bye week as the line has come down a full point to about three-and-a-half. And on the flip side, the over-under line has gone the under direction. It opened 44-and-a-half. It's currently at 45-and-a-half. As we do the podcast here on Wednesday morning, it's gone up a full point. And in terms of over-under results on the season, it's a little bit of a flip-flop, if you will. Seattle is normally the team that has significantly more unders than overs. And Pittsburgh is usually that middle-of-the-road type over-under team with an equal amount of overs and unders. But at Seattle this year, that's the 5-5 five and five over-under team. Five overs, five unders on the year. Average points in Seattle games, 42.0. And Pittsburgh is the one that's the surprise under team. And in fact, they're tied for number two in the entire league with the Atlanta Falcons at two and eight over under on the season. Tied for the second best under team right behind Minnesota, who's one, eight and one over under. So Pittsburgh, uh, surprising in that. This is usually this uh, killer, quick-scoring offensive team and a bad defense, and it's kind of been just the opposite this season. Now, I know a lot of those numbers are skewed because Ben Roethlisberger has not played a full season, but still, what's surprising is the fact that Pittsburgh has played some pretty good defense this year. Again, 2-8 and eight over under, and in fact, on the road this season, the Steelers have yet to go over the total. They've gone 0-4 over-under on the road with an average of only 36.7 points per game. And I mentioned their surprising defensive success this year. They're actually allowing less points per game on the season than the Seattle Seahawks. Pittsburgh comes in number six scoring defense, allowing 19.1 points per game. Seattle, however, is right behind at number seven scoring defense, allowing only 19.2 points per game. So, this is the only game on this week's schedule that features two teams in the top eight in best scoring defenses. 
And that's kind of the way I'm leaning as well. I kind of like the under in this game, and I'm going to follow the line move and wait for this game to top off before I make a small move on the under. I do understand Pittsburgh still giving up 371 yards per game, but this is a team that does very, very well when the opponent gets into their red zone. In fact, both teams have very good red zone defenses, and they got some sloppy red zone offenses. They struggle to score touchdowns once they get into that red zone. Pittsburgh only 56% on the season in red zone TD percentage, and Seattle only 42 percent of the season so mark we're going to lean under in this game the series has gone under the total in each of the three last three meetings with an average line of 42.0 average score only 28.0 so the average game between these two has gone under by a full two touchdowns and the one aspect from the database that i queried is the fact that you know this is pittsburgh's first road game in the entire month of november uh, with their bye week and the fact that they played three consecutive home games in a row, this is their basically their first road game in a month. And NFL road underdogs playing off three straight home games have gone two and 20 over-under. That's two overs, 20 unders, when the over-under line is 49 or less points. These games have gone 0 and 8 over-under in the last two seasons alone. So we're looking for a lower-than-anticipated score with Pittsburgh playing Seattle up in the Northwest uh, this coming Sunday, Mark. Victor Keene leans under the total in the Pittsburgh-Seattle football game with that outstanding 2-20 and stat to support a lot of the reasoning in the football contest. It's a big matchup for both football teams that are each not in first place within their conference divisions, and that's a little bit of a surprise, at least on the Seattle side of the football contest here. The Seattle Seahawks just 500 football team this year. Pittsburgh one game over, so a huge game for both of these football teams. The Steelers come into this football game with Ben Roethlisberger healthy now, and that's a huge, huge factor for Pittsburgh, and I think what will happen for this football team coming down the stretch run. You take a look at, and I like to break teams out and how they're doing, not so much overall on the season, but what have you done for me lately here? And uh, Kathy Milstead, who does a great job putting together our midweek alert football newsletter, which is our statistical alert newsletter, she breaks down each week for me and uh, gives me how NFL teams have fared from game seven on out in the football season as opposed to how they're playing overall because you can get a little bit skewed by their stats overall. Coming into this contest, Seattle is outgaining their opponents 111 yards a game from game seven out. Pittsburgh outgaining their opponents by 74 yards a game over the same course. But the caveat here being that Ben Roethlisberger did not start two of those four games for Pittsburgh, and I think that's the big, huge plus factor in this contest here. You're taking a look at a Pittsburgh Steelers football team that has really fared well against the NFC when the NFC teams come in off a win. Pittsburgh's 5-0 and straight up into the spread the last five games in this particular situation. On the Seattle Seahawks side of the football contest, this is a football team that was a Super Bowl loser last year and has really struggled out of the gate in that particular role this season here, just 5-5, five and five, as I mentioned, on the year. Russell Wilson, their quarterback, is also leading a resurgence for this football team. And in his career, 
kudos to Russell Wilson because he's done a great job against Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. When he goes up against a quarterback that has a Super Bowl ring, Russell Wilson has fared really well, 10-2 and two straight up and 8-4 and four to the spread in those football games. But I want to point this out. In the last three matchups, he's just 1-2 and two straight up and 0-3 oh and to the spread. I like the Pittsburgh Steers with the week of rest in this football game, the fact that they're an underdog, and the fact that Ben Roethlisberger shines as an underdog. And in fact, from the Playbook Football Newsletter this week, we point out the fact that Roethlisberger is 19-8 and straight up, 20-7 and to the spread as a dog against an opponent off a win in the NFL in his career, including 5-1 and straight up into the spread when taking on an NFC team that's off a win. I'll grab up the points with the Pittsburgh Steelers for my side in this big showdown game on Sunday for my side in this football matchup. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, it's time to hop out to Las Vegas on this hectic Thanksgiving weekend and visit with our good friend Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com. Andy, have you got the turkey basted and is everybody ready for turkey day come Thursday? Just deciding what to put in the stuffing. Should I use regular stuffing <laughs> or donuts? <laughs> well, I, I, I'm a traditional kind of a guy, Andy, so I'd probably vote for the regular stuffing. Uh, although my wife doesn't like regular stuffing, but I love it, and that's what I was raised on. So, you know, you can always look at it like there's des- donut for desserts later on. You can maybe go I, that route. <laughs> if I, it comes down I, to I think your side's going to win. I thought that's a good thing. Traditional Thanksgiving dinner, nothing better than that. <laughs> Andy, uh, quite a week it's been in the uh, in football last week. We mentioned last week on our show how great the underdogs did. Victor and I broke down what happened this week, and they got back to the norm, if you will, on the National Football League side of things where the favorites and the dogs sort of even things out. Uh, all in all, Vegas made a killing two weeks ago. What was the take last week? Was it uh, just a, a profitable weekend, a semi-profitable, or how did the books fare in Vegas last week as opposed to the week before? Yeah, it was a pretty even weekend. No alarming results, no huge upsets in the colleges that really shook things up. And, of course, the college handle pales in comparison to what's handled on a typical NFL Sunday. And with the results fairly evenly split, uh, of course, uh, the books did get hurt a little bit with what could have been as many as three point spread pushes uh, over the course of the uh, of the Sunday and Monday night, of course, with uh, the Patriots winning by seven. That pushed the, the line after the Baltimore-St. Louis game had closed with the Ravens a three-point point favorite in many places and of course that ended up as a field goal game with the Ravens winning and the Chicago Denver game which drew a lot of two way action the line actually flip flopped around zero around Pickham much of the week however at most books here in Las Vegas it did go off with Denver a two point road favorite and of course that's exactly the margin by which the the Broncos won the game so from that perspective it did hurt the books a little bit but overall uh, nothing compared to uh, uh, the huge profits they took the week before when all the underdogs did well and of course needed to do well after the UFC upset the night before. As Andy mentioned about pushes and what they mean to sports books, more times often than not, pushes hurt the sports books, largely because sharp players can end up middling those football games. So a push is much like a loss to sports books because the guys who shop for value end up coming out on the strong side of that. So a push becomes a loss in that sense when it comes to sports books and the final results of football games. And how was it overall in the Super Book contest this particular weekend, Andy? I think a, I think the leader got roughed up a little bit, if uh, if I'm not mistaken here, and it probably closed the gap. Am I correct on that? 
You're exactly correct. In fact, uh, the leader, which had been 39-9-2, and a total of 40 of a possible 50 points entering into last week, uh, got hammered last week. 0-4-1 push. So he only picked up half a point. He went to 40.5 points. Meanwhile, he had a three-game lead, and a uh, contestant behind him had a very solid week. I believe it went 4-0-1 to tie him at 40.5 points. So 40.5 out of a possible 55 points leads the contest. That's 70. 3.64%, and while that number is impressive, it shows just how dramatic a fall can be when you go 0-4-1 and, and you drop from what had been an 80% win rate down to something that's still outstanding but considerably different than what we had been seeing most of the season. As far as the entire contest goes, there are 62 contestants now in amongst the top 50 and ties. They pay the top 50 and tie places this week, or this season rather, and that works out to a total of 62 contestants at 35 points out of a possible 55 points or more. That's 63.6%. So we're seeing the overall results of the contest drop a little bit at the top. And we're seeing a similar decline in the consensus. Although last week the consensus finally bounced back with a winning week after uh, a couple of uh, mediocre weeks. I think they got three and two the past couple of weeks and there was a one and four in there. But for the season the consensus 30 23 and 2. That's a total of 31 percent, uh, 31 points, excuse me, 56.4% as far as the overall consensus results go. So if you're, if you're uh, in the contest and you're at uh, 31 points or more, you are even or beating the consensus. Sounds like things are tightening up a little bit in the Superbook contest here, and uh, the consensus also coming a little bit back to the norm, if you will. We'll keep a close eye on that with Thanksgiving Thursday games kicking off three big games on Thursday in the Superbook contest this particular week. And talking about the contest, Andy, and uh, some lines that have moved in the game, and uh, I'm going to maybe touch on these before I get to Victor King, because I know Victor's got a question he wants to ask of you. Were there any major moves that from the, what Jay Cornegay sent out last week as opposed to what we're seeing this week? maybe particular on those Thanksgiving games. Well, the, the one game of Thanksgiving that really took a huge move was the Philadelphia at Detroit game. After Philadelphia got blasted on its home field uh, by Tampa Bay, that's a second straight home loss for the Eagles. The Eagles, who had been a three-point favorite last week on their road game at Detroit, combined with Detroit's upset of Oakland last week, 18-13, this game opened and remains a pick em. Philadelphia dropping from a three-point favorite to a pick em. For a brief while, Philadelphia had been a one-point favorite, but money has come in over the last 24 hours to push this game down to pick them. Another similar situation, though, for different reasons, occurred in Dallas, uh, where they're going to host Carolina on uh, Thursday, unbeaten Carolina, of course, with a very impressive win over Washington. The Cowboys, with a nice road win at Miami, as Tony Romo returned after a seven-week absence when the, when the Cowboys lost all seven games. Last week, there was still some sentiment that Dallas would be uh, well-situated, and they opened up as a one, or they were a one point favorite a week ago. When the line came out Sunday, based upon Tony Romo's showing and the fact that Dallas seems to be a more inspired, a different team, Dallas actually opened up as a two-and-a-half point home favorite. And of course, if you read the media comments over the course of the uh, ensuing days, Ron Rivera, the coach of the Carolina Panthers, said he felt very disrespected by uh, having the unbeaten Panthers being made a road underdog, and sure enough, the money has come in. At one point, Carolina had been a one-point favorite, but as we 
record this show, this game is also now a pick'em. So a lot of divided opinion after the game had gone finally back to pick'em, where a lot of people felt it should have at least been uh, coming into the uh, into this week after Sunday's games. Finally, the Sunday night game, Chicago at Green Bay. Green Bay was a seven-point favorite over the Bears last week, and after the results of Sunday, not much movement. Green Bay did open up as a seven-and-a-half-point home favorite on Thursday night, uh, possibly impacted by the fact that they broke that three-game losing streak with a very impressive win at Minnesota, and perhaps the thought there being that Green Bay gave enough signs to suggest that they're back. Let's make the public that will back the Packers pay an extra half point. As far as the other games on the week's cards, not a significant amount of improvement other than the Sunday night game between Denver and New England. Last week, uh, New England was a five-and-a-half point road favorite at Denver. Following Sunday's action where Denver went into Chicago and won by two points as a two-point favorite, so basically doing exactly what was expected of them, the Patriots were put up back up as a five-and-a-half point road favorite. And then, of course, when the Monday night game came around, the line is taken down with the injuries suffered on Monday night to uh, uh, to Amendola specifically, and the fact that the New England offense was held to its lowest output point-wise of the year. When that line came back up on Tuesday morning, the New England Patriots were down from a five-and-a-half to a three-point road favorite. And finally, Monday night, the Baltimore Ravens had been a two-point, or two, excuse me, a two-and-a-half-point road favorite last week. Then, of course, they suffered the season-ending injuries uh, to Frissett and uh, Joe Flacco. So when this game came back up on uh, Sunday night, posted for a new action this week, the game opened with the Cleveland Browns pick them against the Baltimore Ravens. And this line quickly went up to one, one-and-a-half, two. And by Tuesday evening, the Cleveland Browns, with the change at quarterback now from Manziel to Josh McCown, the Cleveland Browns are pretty solid three-point home favorite in Monday night. One other game worth mentioning, not a really surprise, the Arizona Cardinals at San Francisco last week. The Cardinals were eight-point road favorites. Uh, they went back up Sunday night after the action on Sunday as nine-and-a-half-point road favorites at division rival San Francisco. A lot of moves this week in the National Football League, as reported by Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. I encourage our listeners to download Andy's weekly newsletter filled with great insight and information. All you need to do is log on to TheLogicalApproach.com, or you can also pick up a copy of Andy's newsletter inside the PlaybookSuperstore.com website as well. Victor, I know you got a question you want to run by Andy on the show this week as well. Absolutely. A comment and a question, if I can. It's uh, highly unusual in the NFL to see a full slate of 16 games, and yet none of those games have an over-under line of 48 or more. I'm assuming that the underwhelming results of the last two weeks have something to do with that, but no games this week have an over-under line of 48 or more points in pro football. I want to get Andy's takes on one of these big line move games in the NFC East, Andy, the Giants and the Redskins. It looks like Washington opened up a potential, what, two-point home favorite in the game. It's crossed over the number zero. They're now getting two to two and a half at home. The Giants didn't even play last week. Uh, Andy, the reason for the line move in that game, is that what, because... Uh, Washington's result from last Sunday, is that the only reason? 
Well, I think so. That is one game I did neglect to mention. The Redskins actually were pick them last week at this time when okay. the game came up Sunday night because of Washington's one-sided loss at Carolina. The Giants were a one-and-a-half-point road favorite at the start. They've gone up about a half a point to a full point, two-and-a-half, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see three by the time this game kicks mm-hmm. off. It's an important game in the NFC East where the 5-on-5 five five Giants actually lead the division. That game does have one of the higher totals this week of about 46-and-a-half, 47 and I think a lot of the reasons why we're not seeing totals in the uh, higher or near 50 range is a lot weather-related, especially with the cold weather and some uh, inclement conditions expected, and the fact that the matchups just do not match up a lot of strong offenses facing weak defenses, a lot of more neutral matchups where maybe one side has an offensive advantage or the other side has a defensive advantage to keep those totals deflated somewhat. I would think weather-related has a lot to do with it, but I think the primary reason is the matchups between the two teams. Andy Isco visiting us from TheLogicalApproach.com talking about the National Football League card this particular weekend. And Andy, before I let you get off to base that turkey, I know our listeners would like to know what your complimentary play is in the show off that big call in Michigan State last week, back-to-back winners. Andy Isco with his complimentary play this week. Uh, This week I'm going to go to the NFL and take a look uh, at a uh, game between an AFC and an NFC team, the New Orleans Saints, coming off of their bye facing the uh, Houston Texans, who have played extremely well, winners of three straight, the defense playing up to the level expected of them at the uh, start of the season. Houston, a three-point home favorite in this contest, and of course the big news coming into this game, uh, Houston's axing of defensive coordinator Rob Ryan during the bye week. Uh, The uh, Saints have one of the worst defense Defenses in the National Football League, and in fact, using one metric that I like to use, yards per play allowed defensively, which takes out the yardage totals and rather reflects upon the number of plays that a team runs or has run against them. The New Orleans Saints rank led dead last, 32nd in the lead, allowing 6.7 yards per play. That's basically one and a half yards fewer than what the Houston Texans are allowing for the entire season, and that doesn't even include the significant improvement they've shown over the last three weeks following. Uh, that first half against Miami when they things finally started to uh, come together. I know that the New Orleans defense ultimately will be improved over the course of the season. It can't get much worse, but how soon that improvement is going to take place is somewhat questionable. They have practice during the week, but it's a lot different in practice than going up against live competition where you really are not sure what's going to be thrown at you. I'm going to look for the Houston Texans who are now very much not just in the wild card race, but also in the AFC South race tied with Indianapolis atop the division, laying a relatively short number of a field goal. I was on Houston last week. I thought it was a bad line having the New York Jets favored, and sure enough, Houston went in there. They did have their consecutive quarter uh, scoring streak snap, not allowing a touchdown in what turned out to be 12 consecutive quarters, but they're still playing extremely well defensively. They are getting healthy. Uh, Neither team very good at running the football. That's going to allow the Houston Texans defense to concentrate on pressuring Drew Brees, creating some mistakes. And, of course, we've all noticed the absence of Jimmy Graham has had for the, Saints, for the uh, New Orleans Saints offense. So I'm going to look for the Houston uh, Texans to continue their fine play. I'm going to lay the field goal in a game that I'm looking for Houston to win by 7 to 10 points in a game that probably falls in the low to mid-40s at most. Andy Isco on the Houston Texans. He mentions their last three games. The 
held opponents to all season low yards in those last three football games, playing their best football of the season. He'll be on the Houston Texans for his complimentary play on the football card this Sunday. Andy, I know that turkey's calling your name right now, that slow roasted turkey getting ready for Thanksgiving Day. I'm going to wish you and yours the very best. Pass the gravy this particular weekend. You can load up on the donuts and have a great Thanksgiving holiday. I'm going to wish you and Victor, your staff, and of course all of our listeners the happiest and healthiest of Thanksgiving Day weekends. Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com with his assessment. We get the Vegas vibe every week with Andy Isco here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Don't you go away. When Victor and I come back, we're going to share our closing segment, my awesome angle of the week, and our complimentary plays on the show. When we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Hey, sports fans. Football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. From the hot South Florida sun, it's Mark Lawrence with his awesome angle of the week. Let's get to it, guys. Our awesome angle of the week on this Thanksgiving holiday weekend card. We go once again to the world of college football. This play comes from the smart box contained in the playbook football newsletter from our 7 come 11 smart box. And what we do is to play against any 500 or less college football team in game 11 of the season. If they're off two losses exact and they won seven or more games last year when they're taking on a 600 or greater opponent by fading these guys, an awesome angle play that's gone 22 and three by playing against these teams. That's an 88% winning awesome angle. Seven come 11. We'll be fading the university of Louisiana Lafayette. We'll fade them for our awesome angle play on the football card this week. We fade the raging Cajuns play Appalachian State for our play on the Awesome Angle play this week. And with that, Victor, I'm going to hand it off to you for your complimentary play on the football card. And if you would, let our listeners know what you've got on tap on King Creole Sports this Thanksgiving weekend. Well, I'm going to be giving thanks uh, for sure, Mark. And uh, this coming Thursday morning at around 7 a.m. Eastern time, it'll be the one-year anniversary of this uh, uh, heart attack I had last Thanksgiving. Uh, Definitely a bad start to the (laughs) holiday weekend. Uh, triple bypass artery surgery the next day, 10 days in the hospital. Oh, geez, a couple of months of uh, rehab. Uh, I'm feeling real good, though, then. Thanks to some uh, you know great doctors, uh, loving wife, fantastic uh, co-workers, friends, and even some inspirational messages from uh, Playbook subscribers and Total Tip Sheet subscribers. And I, I, uh, I know it sounds uh, kind of hokey. But what I went through last year at this time for me will truly redefine this holiday for basically the rest of my life. So I now have 
many uh, more things that I will be giving thanks for this Thursday. And we got a big weekend on our service. It's our 10-star, 5-star weekend off the heels of last week's Mississippi State-Arkansas 5-star over the month winner. We got our 10-star college football over-under game of the month. It'll be going Saturday. It's a game in which we're going over the total. It'll be up on the Playbook website uh, sometime on Friday morning. And then into the NFL, five-star NFL over-under game of the month. And surprise, surprise, it's a game in which we're going under the total. I'm not surprised that Andy mentioned potential weather-related issues in regards to slightly lower over-under lines this week as almost every single game that's going to be played outdoors has some sort of weather issue attached to it, a chance of rain, high winds, even a little bit of snow. So uh, that kind of definitely explains it. In terms of our free play for this week, we are going to the totals tip sheet, and we're going to be going over the total in one of the indoor games, so we don't have to worry about Mother Nature screwing with us at all. And it's going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Indianapolis Colts over the total. 521 offensive yards, 45 points, a 28-point road win. And as a touchdown underdog to boot, that was the Tampa Bay Bucks last week. That was Speedy's underdog game of the week. And we're going to go right back to the Bucks this week, albeit in an over-under. And we got the potential for a big-time indoor shootout as the Bucks take on the Colts, a series that I might add has gone a perfect 4-0 and to the over in the last four meetings. Average line, 39.8. Average score when these two teams play each other, 55.0 points. My first database query looks at the uh, road team that scored that gaudy 45 points against the Eagles last week. 6-0 and over-under since 2010. NFL road teams... Off a road dog win in which they scored 40 or more points when the over-under line is 55 or less. That applies to Tampa Bay this week. Now, on Monday, head coach Levy Smith said that, uh, hey, now that we're 500, we're back to being relevant again. That would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are actually back in the playoff race with a rookie quarterback. Good for them. Their opponents, the Colts, also are 500 on the season. And, of course, as we touched on in the early portion of the show, tied for first and also in the AFC playoff race. This has gone 15-2 and two over-under, dating back to 2006. And it's basically game six or greater in the NFL. Both teams are 500 on the season when the over-under line is less than 55 points. And uh, as a tightener, we know these games have gone 12-1 and one to the over when the host is favored, like Indianapolis definitely is. And this is a very good week of the season in the NFL for high-scoring results in non-conference games. Now, that hasn't been the case this season, as these uh, AFC-NFC games have actually gone 15-29-2. They've gone under the total at a 66% clip, completely opposite their results of that great uh, 2013 season when like 76% of these games went over the total. But with that said, this is a good week for non-conference overs. And it's gone 10 and 1 over under since 1995. Game 11, AFC favorites against an NFC opponent when the over under line is greater than 43 points. 
We see a nice little shootout here indoors with the Bucks and Colts. We're going to go over the total in that game and join us at playbook.com this weekend for our 10-star, 5-star weekend. And, Mark, uh, I give thanks for a great colleague, a great boss uh, between you and Colleen. Uh, it's been a eventful 12 months, but, uh, again, uh, I got the best boss in the world. Well, Victor, very nice of you to say that, and uh, I really, really take that to heart. And I don't look at it as being a boss, more of a colleague and a friend. And I'm really glad that this Thanksgiving weekend will be much, much better for you than it was last weekend. And really love having you back on board for the show and as a co-worker as well. Moving on to my complimentary play on the football card this weekend. And once again, a quick reminder to join Victor for his 10-star college football over-under game of the month on Saturday and his five-star NFL under game on Sunday, all available at King Creel Sports this weekend at playbook.com. Our good friends at mybookie.ag are also inviting you to take advantage of a 100% sign up bonus when you open up your account today. All you need to do is call toll free at 1 855 612 BETS. That's 1 855 612 2387. Make your deposit now. Get a 100% match bonus up to $300 at mybookie.ag this weekend and get in time in touch for all the football games this Thanksgiving weekend. Speaking about this weekend, my five-star college football turkey shoot week happens this particular weekend on the heels of our big 10-star college football Game of the Year winner with Michigan State last week. It's rivalry week, as you well know, and there's a lot of good-looking college football games this week. One of them will likely be our five-star college football game of the month. It's all part of another $99 football turkey shoot weekend of winners when you call me toll-free now to get on board at 1-800-321-7777, or you can log on to the website at playbook.com to join me for the five-star turkey shoot weekend of winners. You'll be glad you did. My complimentary play on the football card this weekend in college football is on the Fighting Illini of Illinois. And I call this out in our newsletter this week. We make mention that there are 13 teams that will be playing in college football this weekend with five wins on the season, all playing to become a six-win bowl-eligible football team this weekend. Illinois is one of those 13 teams. We called it in our feature column, Ready or Not, Here We Come. And Illinois is one of those 13 teams sitting on five wins looking to pick up their sixth to garner a bowl bid. We're looking to fade Northwestern in this football game. The Wildcats coming off a big upset win over Wisconsin as 12-point underdogs last week. From our database in the newsletter, we point out the fact that teams who win straight up as 10-point or more underdogs one week and then go favor the next are just 52-72 and 72 to the spread. That's a nice play against proposition fading Northwestern in this game. Also from our midweek alert statistical newsletter, we note that if you look inside the stats of these two football teams in conference play this year, Northwestern's being outgained 49 yards a game. Illinois is being outgained 14 yards a game in conference play. Northwestern on the road away from home this year is losing the stats by 76 yards a game. With the Wildcats 0-5 to the spread in games after Wisconsin and coming off that big, huge win, as I mentioned early last week, we'll grab up the points with Illinois for our complimentary play on the football card this week. And that's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I want to thank all of our listeners out there and wish you a very happy Thanksgiving weekend. I also want to thank Victor King, our co-host from King Creole Sports, Andy Isco joining us from the TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas, and our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above 
Until next week, this is Mark Lawrence. Remember to always remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always.